There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Chelsea have the chance to create here. Hazard into the near post. David Luiz with a header and it's in! And it is a mistake that is punished ruthlessly by Chelsea. Chelsea lead Manchester City by two goals to nil. And there's Torreira. It's a spectacular bicycle kick from the Uruguayan. Mo Salah's in for a hat-trick here. Salah surely goes round to Begovic again and tucks it into the net. Mo Salah's got a hat-trick. Liverpool have a fourth goal. They won here by four goals to nil last season. That is the scoreline here. Salah is the hero. It's the Premier League preview show for game week 17 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Reddy and coming up on the show, we'll talk about Manchester City who have been beaten, the unbeatables defeated, though Pep Guardiola says any talk of going all season without losing was all press talk anyways, and it's good they got beaten, so there. The champions start this weekend at home against Everton, a team they often struggle against. Liverpool are top and through in the Champions League with the English Classic to come on Sunday as they take on the other most successful side England has, that fallen giant Manchester United, or as they are now known, 90s Liverpool. That's at Anfield on Sunday. Plenty more to talk about as well. Let's get on with it. We start by saying hello to our panel, starting with Talk Sports football editor David Walker. And I noticed, Dave, that you're wearing the exact shirt that I was going to wear for tonight's Christmas party, changed at the last second. And I'm very happy about it, not only because I can't really pull off corduroy, but also, not many can, I think it's fair to say, uh, but also you look a lot better than I would have done in it. So I'm pleased to have changed. Thanks very much. You just sort of feel something. It was like I could feel it in the force. I'm looking out the window and I was saying, two layer, don't blow it. Up. We're Luke and Leia, yeah. In many ways. Does that mean we kiss? Or <laughs> is this episode five? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've got we'll past see that how bit. the show <laughs> yeah. continues. Uh, also <laughs> optional for kissing is our guest today on the show. We'll leave it up to him. It's the former Premier League winner with Man United, once of Fulham, once of England as well, the star fullback of the 90s. It's our pal, Paul Parker. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you very much. And I chose to wear what I liked. Nothing like used to. I would... And Caldwell, you're right, he does pull it off very nice. He does, nicely. doesn't he? Really nice. 
Has he got trousers? To, has he got trousers? To what match? are the trousers? Just jeans. Just jeans. Plain black jeans. jeans. Standard issue. You've yeah. got a hoodie, so you're a bit Sith Lord today. Should we talk about football? We give it a go. Let's do some football chat. Uh, if you are listening to this program on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast. Search for Talksport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, any good podcast provider. Uh, let's get right into the big game of the weekend. Now, when you're talking to people outside the UK, I always think of this as the English Classico. It's our biggest game. It's like Dortmund against. It's Bayern, it's Barca against Real Madrid, it's Liverpool against Manchester United. Four o'clock UK time on Sunday. The 201st meeting between these two sides in all competitions. Liverpool winless in their last eight Premier League games against Man U. Three draws and five defeats in that time. Uh, incredible. Yet we look at this season, it's the most points Man U have been behind Liverpool in the league before Christmas, since Christmas Eve 1990. And all the stats talk about how Liverpool are doing the best they've done since 1990. Um, Paul, before we get into to Man U and talking about what's happening with them, we are recording before their Champions League game, but it's basically redundant because they're through anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Liverpool, the night after they got through in the Champions League, another famous European night at Anfield. What I thought was interesting is that in Europe, they go with a midfield trio, much criticised before the game, of James Milner, Jordan Henderson and Gio Wijnaldum. Why are they the midfield trio in Europe? Are they the midfield trio for big games? And will they change that for this weekend, do you think? I think there's a good chance he might change it to try and make it a little bit more mobile. Because I think you look at United's weakness is the fact that they struggle with mobility. Definitely. So I think he might go with a little bit more energy in there against Manchester United. But when you Liverpool in Europe and when they're at home, I think he's looking at experience more than anything. And I just think he's looking at just players who he can believe in, who he can trust. And that, I mean, who's I listened to? I was listening to Jamie Redknapp. Mm. And Jamie Redknapp named that midfield as well. He, he, he knew what it would be for that game. Did he know it because he was just doing through stats or did he just know it because of the way Klopp works? And I think it's about Klopp and what he likes for Champions League and for the big night because just by I mean I've never been to Anf- never been to watch a game at Anfield mm. as such I've played at Anfield never been to watch a game but when you watch it and even from many many moons ago European nights when they talk about it they sound big and they seem they're big and you need a certain kind of person I believe on that pitch who can match up to what everyone's expectations are and I think those kind of players those players I should say do that for Liverpool. You know what I can't see? I just can't see this weekend. It would drive me mad if I see Scott McTominay anywhere Mm. in that back two or back three. Every time it happens, he's not ready for it. He's obviously not trained for it. He gets sold down the river repeatedly by Mourinho in these positions. And against Southampton, when it was Matic one side, McTominay the other... It was catastrophic. They had no idea what they were doing. They're all pushing into midfield. They're getting in each other's way. And I suppose that leads to Eric Bay, who's been persona non grata for a while at Old Trafford. And he came back, was it last week, first game back? Maybe the one before. It was fantastic last weekend. Yeah, you just know that... You, I believe, I should say, is that the reason why Bay wasn't playing is... Was he injured? I don't think mm. so. What has he done to be injured? It was a grudge. There was a grudge there. It's as simple as that. And all of a sudden he comes back and he plays like somebody. You think, so why isn't he there? Why, why is he coming out and saying he hasn't got any centre-halves when he's got a very good centre-half there? He talked about having no centre-halves at Southampton. I was there at Southampton. What made it difficult for me, I was working for MUTV and I was doing the co-commentary at Southampton. Mm. I had to watch Scott McTominay play in the back three. I saw him play in the back four at 
um, London Stadium as oh, well, yeah. where, where he cost them, cost them the third goal. But we have to say is that when we look at Mourinho and what he wants, what he's doing with players, it isn't always, you can't believe this injury one. Are the centre-halves that bad? No, they're not. Smalling, lots of caps for England. Jones, lots of caps for England. So straight away, he is asking, questioning our international players who mm -hmm. play for England. So he's virtually saying, England national team pick bad players. They're not bad players. They've only become bad players because Mourinho has sold everyone, got in everyone's head, they're not good players. Do they play out from the back as was talked about? They can. Are they as good as maybe a Barese or anything? No, they're not. Mm. We haven't got many good ones. We've got John Stones, no. who is decent. But we've got players that way. Do they do what's, what, that, what they can the best at defending? Yes, they do. So we, United are not that bad a back. He's, why are they talking about buying another centre-half? Don't need another centre-half. Train half. the ones you've got. got improve the ones you've got. Coach the ones you've got. That's, yeah. what, that's what your job title is. You're not manager of Manchester United. You're the coach of Manchester United. So coach. You're not there. You're not the person. You're not the money spender. You're the coach. So mm. coach. Let someone else, if they want to spend the money, spend the money. They may well be internationals and all good players in their own right, but they're... Certainly not as a back four this season and a collection of defenders anywhere near as good as Liverpool's. Liverpool have only mm. conceded six goals in the league this season. Manchester United have conceded 26. Mm. And we talk about Liverpool being this sort of attacking side. And they are. They've got great forward players, but they are solid as well. Really hard to mm. score against. Mm. Uh, and it, and just, just looking at it from a Liverpool perspective, now they're top of the league They've been chasing, they've been chasing, they've been keeping pace with Man City so far this season. Now they've got that flip of results that they needed. Now they're top. Now it's a, it's a different psychological challenge, isn't it? City will probably be top if they beat Everton by the time this game happens on Sunday. But they want to try and regain their lead. You yeah. know what's interesting is that all season, and, and Pep mentioned this last week after City's loss, people, the media, blame the media, but the media have been saying City are going to go all season unbeaten. When do we start saying, I think Liverpool will go a season unbeaten here? Well, I, I think for the same reason, I, I agree with Pep. It, it is mad to really talk about a team going unbeaten. I know Arsenal did it, but mm. God, they, they, they came close to losing a lot of times in that season. Portsmouth comes to mind <laughs> yeah, and Highbury. Yeah, exactly, with yeah. And, and these, these are two exceptional teams. But as we saw last week, we didn't think Chelsea going into that game no. last week against Man City were in great shakes and we're going to beat them. But it's a game of football. And they've all got good enough players on any given day, if things go a certain way, to win the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to run out of time on Liverpool, so I've got to ask a couple of quick questions with Paul. Firstly, Mo Salah. Uh, his opening goal, so the opening goal of the hat-trick last week, 40th goal in 52 Premier League appearances for Liverpool. So it's 42 now in 52. The fastest player to reach the milestone of 40, uh, quicker than Fernando Torres, quicker than Daniel Sturridge. He hasn't played well this year, has he? And yet, <laughs> well, he's scoring great goals. I don't know about and, that. But we come to this week, and he's sort of got to that last year level. The whole season has been a little bit fits and starts. He's been taken off in games, taken off at Stanford Bridge, I think, around about 60 minutes. But the Bournemouth game, and then the game in midweek in the Champions League, it was a bit like, yeah, he's here, he's back. And you think about they've got to this stage without losing a game, without having peak Salah. And that's such a huge fillip, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. And then you, you look at the fact of where did it start from? You look after the Champions League final with his shoulder, the World Cup. Yeah. There, was person, there was issues Difficult with the World Egyptian yeah. Yeah, with the Egyptian FA. There was that bit where he's asked for something. They took offence to it. 
about him asking for privacy and there's all that and every, he scored a few goals and he wasn't wasn't smiling, was he? Wasn't getting involved. No. He was just walking. Didn't smile back. much on uh, on Saturday at Bournemouth, did he? Really? There was well, a few nor, people on there against uh, Napoli on uh, the old social media yeah. where you judge society now. Yes, yeah, so you don't know what's what's going on. If you're Liverpool, I'm sure there's a few Liverpool fans who are a little bit worried about it mm. in that in that sense because they they don't want to lose him. They don't want to get another great striker and mm. then lose him to a bigger club. He'll love it at Barcelona, <laughs> wouldn't he? He'll yeah, love it. Oh, don't start that one. <laughs> but you but you know what I'm saying? I just don't want that to happen again. They want him to enjoy what he's doing and and at this moment a kind of someone like him who's doing what he's doing and mm. then you think to yourself, hold oh, a minute, he's got another level to go to because we're not seeing those great big long runs. We're not seeing that energy, any, that energy bursting out mm. of him as he used to last season. That's still to come. So that, that, that's a concern, I'm sure, for the rest of the Premier League. Can you see Manchester United <coughs> getting a, a result, a draw or win out of this game? The, the only thing they're going to get out of it, if they go into the game exactly the same as what they did against Arsenal and hope that Liverpool don't take the opportunities that are put in front of them because mm. Arsenal had opportunities. Live, Manchester United scored one goal which should have been offside and they scored the other goal which was 30 seconds after. Terrible they, defending. Terrible, mm. terrible what they done, how mm. they conceded that one was. And it sums that Arsenal defensively are very poor as well. Very naive. That's one thing I'm sure Emery will work on for next season. But I really, this time around... I have to go with Liverpool because, like you straight away, what you mentioned, they've only conceded six goals. If United are going to go there and be negative as well, it's going to. How's that? How which they will. Which they which, which yeah, they're going to. Which, which they're going to. There's nothing. There's to no point that, lying to the audience here no, saying it's going to be a great to game. It's they not going to change it. And we, you know, when we look at it, Manchester United have conceded twenty six. You said twenty six goals. Mm. So when you're just saying come and attack us, something's going to give. The reason why Liverpool. Haven't and people say, but they're attacking. It's great. Well, the reason why, if you're attacking, that means you ain't got people always at you all the yeah. time. Your defence get a rest by. And if you do, you've got Van Dyke to yeah, take care of you. That's yeah. exactly right. Right, I want to move on. I want to talk about Manchester City next. They take on Everton first game on Saturday. But what 11 will be fit to play for City? That's the big question. That's up next. David Luiz with a header and he's in! And it is a mistake that is punished ruthlessly by Chelsea. Chelsea lead Manchester City by two goals to nil. Maurizio Sarri was asked, how do you beat Pep Guardiola? He said, ask somebody else. He said, I've never done it before. He has now. Chelsea are the first team to beat Manchester City in the Premier League this season. Right, let's talk about Manchester City, the reigning champions, the unbeatables beaten last week. We are doing this show before their Champions League game in midweek. And a game where uh, Pep Guardiola has said they've only got what, 16, no, 15 sit, uh, fit senior players available. Uh, so it's no David Silva. We know he's going to miss the next few weeks. Uh, Fernandinho is a doubt for the game that's happening on Wednesday, so might be a doubt for the game this weekend. We know Aguero hasn't been playing. Kevin De Bruyne has been training. They're letting him decide when he can play again. Danilo, Mendy, Bravo, we know about. I mean, Everton, they were very lucky Monday. We'll get to that. But they're the kind of side that could play a bit of football against Man City. And look, they're a great side, Man City, the greatest manager in the world and all that sort of stuff. But you take away your world-class talents. And your world-class talents are Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva. Not to say the rest aren't in the top 20 players in the world, but those are the top three. And they might not all play for another right. week and another week. And we can have a debate on that, sure. Yeah. But, but certainly those are going to be right up there in anyone's lists. How long can you keep missing these players until it starts to have an impact? And have we seen that impact already? I think we're going to see over this period how, how good they really are and judge them by their squad. 
And I don't like using that word because I've won a Premier League title and we only use 15 players. Mm. But again, football was different then. But I think if you're going to judge them, you have to look how they go at Christmas. And these players, we don't know De Bruyne. De Bruyne could come back within a week and a half. He ain't going to say when he's going to come back. He's, you just said there, he talked about saying he'll, be, he'll tell Pep when he's fit. No, someone it, Pep will know when he's fit because the doctor. That's a line for us, is it? That's, that? Yeah, I yeah. believe that. There's no way you can say it, but they're still going to make that assessment because when he comes back, they want to make sure that he's back for the, for the longest time possible, not just to come back for one game and then be injured again. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. not gonna, they're not yeah. gonna, not going to want that. And I'm sure that he's got gone and got some good players, and they've got a lot of good young players. They've still got better players underneath the surface of the ones who are injured yeah. who can come in and do a decent job for a short period of time. Those players we miss because of their experience when they're tired and they where to be to conserve energy. That's when that will come in, to find that final pass, to do their job defensively. One of the play, defenders are, are injured. That's the bit that experience covers you in. Mm. I think well, the big problem for, for Man City is up front, isn't it? When they haven't got Aguero in the, in the last few seasons, Gabriel Jesus has stepped up and he's scored a lot of goals. His his games to goal ratio has been very good. But this season, when he's had the opportunity, he hasn't really taken them, to be honest, has yeah. he? And if it, maybe he should have started against Chelsea. I don't know. But they decided to have a false nine, didn't they? Sort of Sterling was in there, mm. Sane, uh, Mares. But I think if Jesus can step up and can score the goals, the rest of the team is pretty much fine. They've got enough quality and more than enough quality in the rest of the team without the likes of De Bruyne and Silva to still do yeah. what they need to do to win this game. I wonder game. if he plays him. I wonder if Jesus comes back into the eleven, having, you know, Raheem Sterling, uh, a lot's been said about Raheem Sterling this week. He's been named as the Premier League Player of the Month for November and, you know, this isn't the forum for a full debate on, on what's happened with Raheem <laughs> Sterling this week. That's something that TalkSport's been doing great all week and, and other shows will do that for you. But on the field, you know, he had a good game, but I go back to the start of that game. I said in commentary to Steve Lomas before the game when the chance comes and it came very early to Raheem Sterling playing in the centre of that three if it falls to Aguero he scores City win if it falls to anyone else but Aguero I want to put Jesus in there as well if he was the guy who started they won't take that chance because they're not Sergio Aguero and that might happen again this weekend against Everton if it falls to someone else and they miss the chance the door remains open you score the first goal in the game it puts you onto the road to winning well I think with City they scored the first goal then that asks even a bigger question of that team as well because you're sitting there and I can imagine you're sitting there and you've got playing Man City you think right you don't want to concede early the manager will be telling you everything and you go out there and after five six minutes if they go and score and you're watching the game Tom and all of a sudden you go City score first and you go how many mm. that's the first thing you say mm. with, without a shadow of a doubt and if you're and if you're Everton, you're going to say to yourself, can you stop that? And I've seen Everton play away from home a few times. They, they're better away from home than what they are at home. They're a more assur assured team. I saw them at Old Trafford and they got better and better at Old Trafford. Just as, just as a team. And you've seen their, I think their results and performances reflect that. Mm. Goodison, when everything you think is, they are, Everton are going to win. They don't win at home. Oh. They don't win at home. Let's, let's talk a bit about Everton, because they were so bad on Monday, I thought. Watford played well. We'll talk Watford later. 
But Everton, they didn't have any rhythm to their play. They had no real style to what they were doing defensively. You know, there was moments where Yerry Mina was running miles out of position to attack a ball against Troy Deeney. When Deeney won it, there was no one behind him. The gaps in midfield for young Domingos Kina in midfield. No one got anywhere near him. And I was really surprised. Garner, who's one of the top tacklers and interceptors statistically in the Premier League, got nowhere near him. Andre Gomez, who I've watched this year and has been really, really, really impressed by him. But he sort of didn't really get on the ball very much. Richarlison scored, but apart from that, contributed nothing in the game. It, I was really shocked by it, actually. I think what you're suggesting there, and, I, and I, you know, you're suggesting that I would say it, is that they're a team of individuals at the moment. One of the players who you left out, which I criticise more than anybody's, someone who has still got to prove his worth and hasn't done it, and I thought he was, was Theo Walcott. Ugh. Theo Walcott is, for me... Is going through the motions. He hasn't re- didn't exert himself when I saw him at Goodison. When I saw him at Old Trafford, didn't even try leg. Hasn't scored enough goals. Hasn't had enough shots at goals. He's just one of those players. He goes and the moment doesn't work out. Then you see him jogging back, and I can't work that out. If I, if I'm Theo Walker, I think myself right. I had ten years at Arsenal, and it was made a big thing. He got led the team out as captain. I wondered why hmm. they'd done that, given everything the way Arsenal were at that time. And you, you've had to move on to try and get yourself out there because things were, you know, you've done your time, didn't grab hold of it, Arsenal. Go to Everton, you go to a place which is, especially when you go to Liverpool, it's football, football, football. That's all they live for, football. And you do it right in Liverpool, in Manchester, anywhere up north, and they love you. You're workaholic, they, they, and it means everything to them. He's coasting. He is, you see him running away and he looks more like an athlete just finished a 100 metre sprint than a footballer who's gone out there and had a burst for 20 yards. He just doesn't Mm. seem right and bothered to me at this moment in time. He hasn't done enough at Everton to prove his worth at the moment. It sounds like, I I actually, I've only seen the highlights from the the game on Monday. It's Christmas party season, guys. Yeah, you're busy, you've got things up. I understand, he loves it, he's got a social life. (laughs) He's got a full wardrobe of corduroy shirts to wear. (laughs) But they, they had a bad night even though they got the point in the end on Monday against Watford. But we have seen enough, I think, from from those individuals this season to suggest that when it all goes right for them and they're all playing well together, they're a team that will that will bloody the noses of the top six, potentially, yeah. if things go their way. They've got an individual, Richarlison, scored eight league goals this season, which is the joint most with Aubameyang and Murray that have led directly to points so that in terms of like match-winning goals or getting a point for his team. So when he scores, it's effective as well. Mm. It's not just the consolation in a 4-1 defeat. And you talked about Man City wanting someone that a chance is going to fall to and thinking they're going to score. Richarlison... You'd be very confident that if he gets a chance, he's going to snap it up for mm. Everton. And I think that is one area of the pitch, potentially on, on Saturday, that the Everton might have the edge on Man City. What they need is, first of all, a linesman who can't see an offside, which happened on Monday. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe he thought Theo didn't touch the ball. I don't know, because he doesn't usually touch the ball. But <laughs> And then he also needs someone like Christian Cavaselli to make one of the bizarrest decisions in the 95th minute I've seen for a long time. Try to catch it. What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing, Christian? Don't 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 wind him up. I thought you'd be at the telly screaming at Marco Silva. I'm surprised you didn't watch that. Just Were you doing it in, your, in like at home, not watching it, but screaming at, in, I told in a dark room? Out. I was he out. says that I was at Christmas do. Did you really go to like the toilet of the Christmas do and watch it on your phone screaming, <laughs> no. Marco? I did. I got the I notification. Don't th- I don't think he'd want to actually really want to spend the money with a data. He yeah, want to I know. That. He's got a lot of shirts to buy. I have yeah, actually busy. just run out of data, actually. That has, that has happened. How's yeah. that happened to an adult man? I, I don't know. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Do you want, anything else you want just to say? Just saying on that? about City, uh, just mentioned there about Ricardison, is that you're saying about that, but I think Man City, they want a centre-forward who's going to do more than just score goals. 
which I think oh, yeah. is a difficult team to play for. Aguero yeah. has had to adapt, hasn't he? When mm. initially it, we was all talking about he isn't going to be a pet player, he isn't going to suit that style. He's had to so change. He's, he's made him a pet yeah. player. Yeah. yeah, he's had to change. And it's easy to want something, but Aguero's had to, had to give as well. Mm. The two don't go together unless, unless both give. And, he, and he's given Aguero, and he's, and he's still scoring a goal. Maybe not so much away from yeah. home, but he's still scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. And I just, I just wonder if they could go out and find a goal scorer who's still willing to do everything else, then that would be one hell of a centre they'll, forward. They'll want a big reaction as well, City, won't they? They've yeah. lost that match. They want to get right back in it. They want to put the pressure on Liverpool. We've seen Pep inside the dressing room on the documentary. He'll mm. be drumming that message into the team. He was quite happy with the performance, as he always says after the game. But they've lost the match against yeah. against Chelsea, so I'm sure they'll come out all guns blazing, and I'm I'm sure they'll win this match. Really wonder whether Aguero comes back in. They're rating him at fifty percent right now to play. Uh, if they rush him back, it's a story in itself. A bit disinterested. Who's actually saying is only fifty percent? Where do people find out about fitness of players? Uh, this is a website called PremierInjuries.com that oh, says right, the okay. club have predicted a return for this weekend, but because of the injuries gone, they've rated him at fifty percent. All oh, right, okay. So I don't have you, my own people working on this. No, no, no. no I no, wish. I, yeah, okay. But is that Premier is Premier League injuries or just someone called it that? I don't run the website, mate. I'm not sponsored by them. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to I'll point. make a call. I'm, I'm going really deep point. There You've enough. gone very deep. Put yourself yeah. in the injury I would percentage say machine. That this... You are 50% fit. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> yeah. I would say yeah. that uh, it's like the Quantum Leap Accelerator. Yeah. Um, I would say this website has been quite reliable for me down the years. But there we go. Who knows? Okay. We will see. Right. Um, it's a talking point and we have just talked about it. Let's talk more about the Premier League when we come back. Brighton against Chelsea is the next thing I want to talk about because Chelsea, they've beaten Man City. They're in it now, right? Come on, Brighton. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Murray with the cross, it's a decent looking ball in. Oh, what a chance. The header from Jurgen Lacordia. He's got the goalkeeper to beat. And he's powered it over the top of the crossbar. And that's a big chance. The best chance of the game by far from Brighton over Albion. And they should have been level. Brighton against Chelsea. 1.30 UK time on Sunday. Brighton looking for their first victory against Chelsea in any competition since January 1933. So it's been a while. 
Uh, they're about eight grounds since then. Uh, Chelsea have lost their last two Premier League away games. They last lost three in a row, not that long ago actually, uh, back in March under Antonio Conte. Uh, I do want to talk about Brighton, obviously. I don't want to get bogged down all the teams at the top. We've got to do Chelsea first because, you know, it's their, it's their first game in the Premier League since they beat Man City. And, and what a performance that was. Though I will say this, I saw a great stat about Eden Hazard's goal. Uh, sorry, the uh, the Ingolo Kante goal set up by Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard's pass to Ingolo Kante was only the sixth pass in the final third Chelsea made in that first half. <laughs> so it was a vintage, if you like, Antonio Conte performance that got him victory against Man City. Are we back to Sari ball for this weekend or will they continue with Antonio Conte's way of of playing defensively and hitting him on the break. I envisage him watching that game in Dubai, stroking his wig like a cat. But I don't Bond think it's not necessarily their choice. To, you were playing against Man City last week, so even if you want to play Sari ball, yeah, it's difficult do it. to do so. Yeah, right. Very, very difficult to do so. He's, he's going to change it. He's, he's, he's going to change it. I mean, he had Eden, Eden Hazard up front, didn't he? Playing yep. there. He's going to change it. He's going to... Because he's going to believe that he's going to get a lot more, of the, lot more of the ball. They ain't going to be chasing around, so he's going to make. I think Giroud will come back because they're quite physical, aren't they? The two centre halves of Brighton. Yeah. So he maybe want that physicality because you see Morata in the moment. Someone kind of just breathes. He wants to fall over, look at the referee, and you know you have to count him out for give him a free count, don't you? But um, <laughs> but for me, Kante is the important one. That is the issue that he has to sort sort out. And as much as we got this, you know, it's been called the sorry ball. And as much as you you believe in something, if you've got one of the best players in the world in that position, in that position, you've got to look at it and say to yourself, I need him in my team. What a difference he's made in a team that won a Premier League, an unbelievable team that won the Premier League. Then then he won it again. He comes mm. to a, come to your team and he wins a Premier League with them doing this job. Then you think to yourself, I've got to somehow fit him in. And I'm not really getting the height about Jorginho. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not getting that. To be perfectly honest, I don't really. See, I mean, someone's got to tell me and show me something. Please don't show me stats. Hmm. I want to see it when I'm watching it for ninety minutes. And I've sat and watched him for a few. I'm not seeing anything that makes me think, "Wow." Hmm. But he is part of a team and a key part of the team that beat Man City last week. So, and, then, well, and you know. we we know that. Paul, you're not the only person that's made that point. I've heard a lot of ex-pros say the same thing but the man who makes the decision is Mauricio Sarri he's said in public he's playing he's yeah. playing in that position he's a more technical player in my opinion than Kante he plays there Kante I'm happy to use him in this position and last week to be fair to him finds himself in the box and he puts the ball in the net uh, on the back line for Chelsea I thought David Luiz and Antonio Rudiger very very good last week but they didn't play any kind of physical balls into the striker because there wasn't one. You talk of physical strikers, Glenn Murray this weekend. You know, they could go firm and high into Glenn Murray and you can see Rudiger and Luis having a more difficult afternoon than they had last week, weirdly, against mm. higher-quality players. Yeah, Rudiger, I don't mind him, Rudiger, but I think he'd be better if he had a more composed person next to him. You just can't. I mean, you if you just look at it, I'm still thinking back to... When I was in Brazil watching that World Cup, and I'm and I'm looking at David Luiz, in when he defending, when mm. he goes missing, I'm looking at this season. When you look mm. at everything that happens with Chelsea defensively, he's involved. He's around everything that's going wrong defensively. Yes, he's had his good game now, so that's the problem. When is going to be the next game? Is it going to be a, another highly publicised game when he suddenly comes out, you know, does something unbelievable 
great pass, scores a goal, and everyone goes, oh, how well he played. You've got to look at the, the other side of him. He gives away too many goals. He is not a centre-half mm. in the back four. You can't trust him. You can't trust him. And you go and ask who he was playing with in that World Cup, and I think it was um, Silver, wasn't it, he was playing next to? Mm. In, in that World Cup was Silver, wasn't Diago it? Diago Silva, yeah. Diago, yeah. You ask him about him in that game, and during that time, and he'll turn around and say, I needed, he said, I needed a, he would say, I want a chain, I want a string to keep someone next to me to know where he is. Because mm. he goes wandering. Yeah, but then every now and again, he does have one of these games like he did last Storm week up. where he scores and he looks brilliant. He's spraying the ball about and he's coming out, he's winning it, he's intercepting it, he's got mm. it in him, mm. he's got him in him, but he's just got to do that consistently he, he can't do it he, he can't because we've seen it we've seen him when he when he goes into challenges he thinks he's some kind of hard man he wants to go in and hurt people all you want him to do is just make the tackle knock it out for throwing don't try and block people because mm. he gets caught out far too often far too often yeah. just win it good defenders just win it if they can't win it they force the ball back 5-10 yards or they force the player back with the ball 5-10 yards it, Good players don't have to don't have to touch the ball. I don't I don't disagree with you, but what I I do find it amazing. It's interesting because again, you're not the only person that said this. Mm. A lot of ex pros, very experienced people, defenders who've won things, say this about David Luiz, and yet the managers put him in the team repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. four managers in a row. PSG bought him. They bought him back because they wanted him so much. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's odd, but certainly worth watching briefly on this game this weekend for Brighton up front. I mentioned Glenn Murray. Would he play alongside Florian Andone? They've kind of come on for each other in the last couple of weeks. Andone's had some some injury issues start of his career, but looks a threat. Scored a great goal a couple of weeks ago, and also look out for Pascal Gross, who's finally playing some football uh, after a, an injury hit first quarter of this season. Let's move on. Southampton against Arsenal, also one thirty on Sunday. Uh, the first game in charge last weekend for um, Ralph Rabbit Hutch um, <laughs> Harsen Hoodle uh, against Cardiff and they lost to a goal scored by a right back um, not great not a great start now it's Arsenal the following week who, who score a lot of goals winless in their last 14 there's no doubt he's a, a very good coach his career shows us that what he did at RB Leipzig shows us that he plays uh, you know he gets called the Alpine Klopp or the Austrian Klopp whatever for playing a very similar style but but can you do that when you've got Yannick Vestergaard this lumbering submarine oh. of a centre half can you do it with the, the players they've got in midfield I like Lamina I like Hoiberg but they're not exactly high pressing players and then the rest of them who, who presses up front Charlie Austin can't press up front no He's not going to be capable of doing it. Shane Long's still injured, I Nathan believe. Redmond. Can you do that? And can he do that within two weeks? And now it's Arsenal this weekend. You know, yeah. it's, it might take how long? Yeah, well, I've seen... I saw Southampton against Manchester United. I think that's one of the worst performances I've seen from a side ever to go 2-0 up. <laughs> Honestly, it was... I was sitting there mm. in the commentary and it was shocking. And I could not believe I'm sitting there doing MUTV and could not believe how bad they were and United have conceded two goals against them and were behind. Mm. And then United come back at them, get themselves back into it, and I think myself, right, keep the foot pressed down, add a little bit more to it, you know, do a little bit more fuel, add a bit to it, and United just took their foot off and seemed content just to, to draw 2-2. Two, two. Southampton were poor, poor defensively, no energy really in midfield. They had a front man in, in Nathan Redman, who... Runs around, dribbles, dribbles, and I tell you what, for an end for an end product, yeah. God, the end product was absolutely woeful. Such a shame in Nathan Redmond. For so many years, we have watched him play, and he's one of those guys, and I love watching him because he can do something that so few people can do, and that's beat multiple players on a run. Even in that game, there was bits where he's beaten four people. Yeah. 
And then it gets to the pass, the, the point where you pass or shoot, and it's sort of just like, ah! Like, does he need a coach like Ralph Hasenhutl? <laughs> think... Will he turn him into a player who can actually give us end products? Well, I hope so. I'm really mm. hoping we've seen such a change in Sterling, how Pep's helped Sterling. So it tells you that footballers, you know, we're not as thick as people think we are. I think there's something there you can be coached. Um, sometimes we do listen and we can convert, mm. definitely. So he might be able to get hold of him and tell him to simplify his game initially because uh, his biggest problem is decision-making, without mm. a shadow of a doubt. Because when someone gives the ball away, it's never intentionally. Not unless, not unless he's a spy and he's, he's double-crossing. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. But it's about... This, when, is that, when is that pass? When is the right time to give that pass? Or when is the right time to shoot? Now, he had a shot, and I think I remember De Gea pushed it over the bar. Yeah. And it was from a deep, from distance, yeah, 35 yeah, yards. But or, yeah. The reason why he'd done that, in the end, he suddenly thought, if I run further, that means I've got to make a decision to pass or shoot. He just saw the option. He thought, I'm just going to shoot early, so I ain't, ain't a mistake. And to be honest, he hit it well, and it was a bit straight, but still, it was on target. So yeah. that was good for Southampton. It was a credible draw in the end. But it cost Mark Hughes his job. I think his job was gone prior mm. to that anyway. But Southampton have got a lot of work to do. And a centre-half, you, you mentioned, maybe the one of the worst centre-halves. Vestigard. Oh, the one. He lumbers. He lumbers around. He, he can't move. Mobility can't is move. Ab- it's awful. Awful. And Yoshida, honest, been there a long time. I remember yeah. seeing his debut against Manchester United. Had a torrid time. But... Mark went to a three. I don't know why. I can't work out why he went to a three. He should have gone to a ten. <laughs> should have should have gone to a ten. That would have been better. If I'm a team and I've got to play Arsenal in the season, and I think, well, when would I like to play him? And I think during the Christmas period, um, and when they've got an injury crisis, and I'm looking at who might play this weekend at the back. So Socrates is out for this one. Mustafi is out for this one. Holding, uh, we haven't seen Mavropanos all season. Koscielny, he was on the bench last week, I think, mm. but, but couldn't play because he wasn't ready. Rob Holding, you say, is out all season long with that serious injury. Such a shame. He's been playing really well. And so who's at the back then? Are we looking at Monreal and Licksteiner, centre-half? If I'm the home team looking at that coming in, I'm thinking, I don't care who they've got up front. And he'll get the, fir- the first half wrong anyway, as he does every week. So I'll be like, right, get out there. Let's win this. Redmond, run at Monreal. Run at him. This is a great opportunity. I don't think you can take it as a free hit when you've been as bad as Southampton have and Arsenal got no defenders. No, I think we have, you have to... They're at home. The fans will be on a, a massive high as well now that Sparky's gone. They'll be looking at his manager now, looking at his reputation. They, I mean, they were very, very quiet. Even when they were went one, two, new up, it was very, very quiet. Like you would not believe that was Southampton. They, on, there was a lot of energy has been lost there with the fans over the mm. last, last couple of years with the fact of their breakdown in their academy side of it, young players coming through, not coming through, right. being sold on. It needs I, a bit of life, doesn't it? It does need a bit of life. And when I'm looking at the bench and I'm I'm just looking at some of the, you know, um, the young players, I'm um, Prowse. Ward Prowse. Yeah, Ward, yeah. Ward on the bench. I'm Pretty coming. much the first player that the new manager brought back yeah. into the team, by the way. Yeah, but Him I'm, and Stephen Davis. Yeah, Stephen, You're back. I looked at Stephen, I'm looking at some of their midfield players and I'm kind of going... Really, and mm. and I think myself, why Stephen Dave? Just Steve Dave, so un, underrated. It's yeah. un, unbelievable. He's a good organizer. He's a good leader. He's a, you know easy to say, but you watch the presence he has on the pitch. Ward Prowse, good dead ball player, 
but a very good young player. Yep. And he wasn't being given a game. Now, if you were sparking, you got someone like him sitting there, you think, I'm in trouble. What do you do? You turn to him because the fans will back it a little bit longer because you're playing someone like him. Right then, that's Southampton against Arsenal covered. Next up, we're talking Fulham, who take on West Ham. Here's Anderson. Chance for him to curl one in. Oh, well, anything Robert Snodgrass could do. Felipe Anderson can do as well. And substitute camera has an opportunity to get Fulham back into the game. They haven't been at the races all the way through this match. Could be an interesting final 20 minutes. Camera slots the ball into the bottom corner. Manchester United three, Fulham one. Right, on to Fulham against West Ham United. Fulham bottom of the table. West Ham on good form, top of the bottom half as things stand. Uh, West Ham have won 55% of their Premier League meetings with Fulham. Their best London opponent in the competition, looking to win four in a row. Uh, quite impressive in, in some of those games as well. Uh, Fulham... Uh, a decent showing uh, at, uh, in their game against Leicester City at Old Trafford. Tough for them. Man, you decided to turn it on last week. They had their chances in that game. They got forward. They tried to win it. Um, and obviously settling down uh, under Claudio Ranieri. Let, let's start with Fulham. Um, since he's come in, of course, former team of yours, Paul, they've, they've had some tough games. Tough, tough games. Chelsea away. United away. Uh, though, you know, Leicester, they, they could have won that game. Madison basically scored out of nowhere. That's all they did. How do they take on West Ham this weekend? Is it front foot? West Ham got to defend from the outset. Do they go for them? Do they bring in the attacking talents? Do they throw caution to the wind? Does Kearney start? Does Sessegnon start? Does Mitrovic start? Is there a second striker out there? Because that's kind of how you've got to play against mid-table, kind of mediocre teams, right, in this sort of game. I think they... They have to. They have to, in a certain way, go for it. Because I think, we, I mean, I was at West Ham last weekend, and West Ham were very poor in the first half. They, they went down, went in one nil down. Palace game. Sorry, the Palace game. Yep. Yeah, and they wasn't very good. Palace, Palace deserved to go in one nil. Could have gone in more the way they played. Palace mm. are a decent side away from home. They had a goal scorer. The game could have been dead and buried in that first half. How many times have said that about Palace yeah, in the last no, no, two it's years? It's getting a bit boring, isn't it, by yeah. saying that? It's buy a striker, big, Palace. Yeah, because you're never just buy a striker. Because yeah, you're never too good to go down. Whatever, whatever you come out. And, and Fulham so, have got goal scorers. They have got goal scorers. One of the Premier League's yeah. best, in Mitrovic. I, yeah, I saw Mitrovic again in the first time live in the Premier League against Leicester, and. Excellent centre forward. His movement, his touch, his everything about him is. You put him in a better team, and I tell you what, you got you got definitely got a player there without a doubt. He had a tussle with the um, Turkish centre half for Leicester. Soyuncu. Yeah, and I tell you what, what a battle that was. But neither of them complained. Neither of them were throwing themselves to the floor. Mm. They was doing things, and the referee just let them get on with it. And I tell you what, it was an honest, honest battle. And they both and they both hugged each other at the end. But I'll tell you what, the Turkish boy worked hard. Mm. But Mitrovic was fantastic, and he will test the two centre halves for West Ham. And I like Diop. Diop mm. is a good centre half. Balbina, very good, another good solid centre halves. That's where their strength is. They've now. really improved there, yeah, haven't they? They've from really last done. Year. They've really improved. This game for me. It's still quite open because you don't know what West Ham's going to turn up. But they will attack their West Ham, won't they? They won't no. go there like a big Sam team and go like 4-5-1 try no, and get no. a point. They're going to go there and try and win well, the game. Well, they haven't Two got, strikers probably yeah, as well. Yeah, Maybe ha- Andy Carroll. They haven't got the players. But I look at it, Andy Carroll come on in the second half at the weekend and I was sitting there, people, and I kind of said to someone, did Andy Carroll change the game? And I knew the answer. Mm. And he said to me, 
No, but what he done was he occupied the two centre-halves, Tomkins and Sacco, because they had easy in the first half with um, Lucas there. Lucas, yeah. Lucas d- played well when he come off at half-time. That was his best, <laughs> that was his best performance, <laughs> being off the pitch, because he wasn't there. Yes, he scored, and he thinks he should have a right to be playing because he scored, but you only have a right to play if you earn the right as well. And he didn't earn the right in that first half, got taken off. Carroll comes on, he occupies the two centre-halves, but Anderson comes out to play, and then Landis decides to can run around more because he's got a focal point through the middle. The big lads ain't around him all the time. Again, Declan Rice does what he does best. The, you know, the silent assassin hmm. does it easy, but even the difficult things he makes easy. West Ham are decent when they once they calm down and once they get hold of the ball. And, and Anderson, you're gonna you, one of those players. But he's going to, as a, I think if you're a fan of West Ham, and as like the gentleman to my right is, he's going to frustrate you. But I'll tell you what, I think a lot of times you're going to walk out and you're going to be singing your name and saying, singing his name and saying, what a bargain he is for that money. From now on, I'm just calling him Thin Pyatt. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I love him. Yeah, do you good? I hope he never leaves, which he probably will. But oh, yeah. 100 no, mil, that's no. fine. Oh, he's I'll a, take it. Yeah, he's a good... Fantastic. He's... If we can have him for a year and a half, I'll be mm. happy. Um, and you wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't score another or, to, or more than one this weekend. Top scorer now, yeah. Fulham, yeah. The defence is the big problem for Fulham. They've conceded 40 goals this season already. Haven't kept a clean sheet all season. Mm. And that's what Claudio has got to sort out. It took him a little while at Leicester. Didn't get many clean sheets early on in that season at Leicester. But then, once he got it sorted... That's when they started motoring. Fulham may be getting a bit cut adrift from those teams, so you don't want to be losing games like West Ham at home. Um, similar story for Burnley last week uh, against Brighton, where they picked up a really, really important win. They're now out the bottom three. They go to Tottenham on Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. Spurs have lost two of their last five Premier League home games. Of course, a, a Champions League trip to Barcelona, which resulted in success in midweek. Um just briefly on this one, Paul, because we've got to get through some games here. Uh, Tottenham, of course, they played their very best team in Barcelona in midweek, which can't be said of Barcelona, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't want to take it away from Spurs fans. Um, so they might make a few changes for this game. I'd expect to see three or four changes to their team. And that is a little opening for Burnley. But if Burnley are going to win, we need to see the energy levels, which we did see against Brighton, which we've been missing in other games. We didn't see that against Newcastle and others as well. Um, any scenario where Burnley gets something from this game? I really don't think so. I quite I like Spurs. I do like Spurs. I didn't buy into when everyone said, oh, it's all going wrong, when they didn't buy anybody. You know, everyone's gone mad about spending money in the summer. Everyone thinks it's a must-do. No, you don't have to. If you've got a good enough... If you think you've got a good enough squad, can you bring in anyone better who's going to improve it and your budget's not allowing you what you've got? You don't. What you do is, because it's, it's on your door, coach, mm. you coach and improve. He's doing that. He's absolutely doing that. People come up and say about, oh, he hasn't won anything, Spurs haven't won anything, they're bottled this. And, but they're still achieving outside of their own little domain. They're still playing every game away from home and still yeah. succeeding. So Only going, six points behind Liverpool I as know, well. That's the thing. And that that is did, actually not far yeah. off at all. So when we, when we yeah. hear about managers spending, oh, I need this, I need that. Oh, I mean, what about Tottenham? And you, you might throw up... But, Oh, they haven't won anything. No, but we're talking about now. Let's put history away. Let's talk about now. They're winning games of football and they're playing great football. Mm. That, for me, that's what I love. That's what I'm enjoying. That's what I'm enjoying about Tottenham. Did you see Poch claim Harry Redknapp winning I'm a Celebrity 
as a trophy for Spurs the other day. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Like that's that. terrible. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. He did. I did see. Um, <laughs> I did see some West Ham fans saying that we won the World Cup, the FA Cup, the Cup Winners Cup, and now I'm a celebrity. What can't we win? Now, now West fans Ham, will claim anything. Now, now Harry, now fa- West Ham fans want to claim Harry Redknapp. Well, I, I always loved him. Right. Okay. I always wanted to keep him. <laughs> right. Let's move on. Crystal Palace up against Leicester, three o'clock on Saturday. Palace, oh. you of course saw him last weekend. Oh. Lost ten of sixteen. Yeah, I know. Is it just the striker? We, we say it every week. We said it in the show already. Is it just that, or what else is going wrong? Oh, I'm trying to. Can we talk about Leicester? I'm trying to think of something different to say about Palace. Otherwise, know, I'm just going to come out and say the same things about them. Yeah. I watched them last but week. But is it just that? Like, if they got a striker in, if they got Alexander Mitrovic in, would they be in the top half? Yeah, because those players, confidence-wise, they would lift themselves. They'll have belief that when the ball goes forward, something's going to happen. That's the difference. The moment they they went behind two-one, they changed and Palace. Be- Got, and West Ham got the third goal, which killed it because it looked like the game was going to change Palace. I don't think any player really believed they were going to get back. It when Slup, 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 yeah, Slup, the other, yeah. gets that header. All of a sudden, you think, oh, hold on a minute here. This this could be saying could happen here. But if they'd had a centre forward on the pitch or bring one off the bench, yeah. then you think to yourself, it would have lifted them. But they still had that little bit of a nagging doubt about them. And be honest, the Crystal Palace bench was awful. Mm. Roy Hodgson, I, I think when he walked forward... To, onto the pitch to talk to his players when he was coming back he closed his eyes <laughs> that's what he must have done because otherwise if he'd had his <laughs> eyes open and looked at that bench he'd want to turn straight back and look again mm. because the bench there was nothing there that was really going to change change it for him quickly Zahar what was his performance like last week bit of criticism of the way he's played recently he was he looks like he can do something. I just think the lad, and he's, he's, he is so, so talented. He should be playing for a top side. Mm. But, the but, he pro- can't, but he can't score right now. No, but it's not about him. It's just if he about- doesn't do anything in games, why would a top side buy him? Well, you, because something about him. Cause there's he's just Nathan Redmond, the, isn't he? The, no, no, he's better. He can beat in, four players, but he can't shoot no, and no, can't set Tom, can I speak? Um, I need to say something good. <laughs> I need to agree with me. I can't agree. <laughs> there's more talent there because he's got an end product. His biggest challenge is himself. Yep. He has got a discipline problem within himself. He gets too yeah. involved with other players. He gets too involved with fans. Every time he gets fouled, he's looking for something. Do a messy. Do what other players, some other players do. Mm. Get up and jog away from it. Someone wants to get confrontation. If you foul somebody, don't go straight away to a referee going, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him. Just get up, pick the player up, and look at him and say, I don't think I touch Then walk away. But don't look at it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't give it the big eyes. Take the pressure away from it. And then people will look at you in a different way. People will go, hold a minute. Zaha's not even, he's not getting involved. He's walked away. Go do it that way. But he's set himself up. Mm. And, and that's the problem. He's keeping it going and going. I find that really interesting, actually, because I've thought that myself. And, and this might be because Zaha is the sort of player that I would look at because of the reputation around him. I'm sure there are other players like him. But I've noticed with him that... Things affect him. He seems to be on the pitch when something doesn't go his way, whether it be a, even if it's himself not scoring because he's missed a shot or missed a pass or he doesn't get a pass from a teammate or he gets fouled or he gets a decision that doesn't go against him. He always he's looking to the heavens. The arms are going up. He's barking at teammates saying, you know, why didn't you pass it? And this, it, he seems to be very emotional. Mm. He doesn't seem to have a real steely focus of 
forget about it. I'm going to do better the next time. It seems to affect him. Yeah. That's Palace against Leicester. Let's talk Huddersfield against Newcastle. Three o'clock UK time uh, on Saturday. You don't want to talk about this one? Sounds a bit boring to you? I think everyone would agree. However, crucial game for both Huddersfield Town. They're winning games, which we didn't think they would do at all. Uh, they're not scoring many goals at home, but usually they're winning 1-0 at home. They're scoring and defending well. And Newcastle, as we know... Don't score many goals, so first goal wins in this one, I'd say. But you can see things are getting to Rafa just a little bit. Things aren't quite going his way. His team play well, and, they, and, they, and they're not winning. Of course, they're coming off that good run, and, and now it's gone the other way again. Uh, big game for Newcastle away at Huddersfield, and, and they'll be hoping, I think, more importantly than anything, not to concede, considering Lejeune is out, Fernandez could be out for this one, Cher is out, Yedlin suspended. Well, they're, what they're hoping is actually... Is none of that stuff. Is they're hoping that the take, <laughs> they're hoping that the takeover happens, and that yeah, they, sure. like Southampton, can get to January and actually get some good players in. Yeah, but, yeah. But you, again, I'm going to go back, which I've said thousands and thousands of times. You can put so much money in that Newcastle coffer. You still got to get players who want to go there. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. And when the good players do go there, because they haven't done their due diligence, they suddenly get there and they go wow, mm. and then you lose them in their heads. That's that's what happens at Newcastle. Mm. Definitely, without a doubt. That's the reason why they struggles in the North East is getting the players to get there Mm. and then when they get there, then being content. I think this this is a debate maybe for another time, but I think having Rafa there is a big selling point. Oh, it's attraction, without a doubt. You know, as long as they can pay well. You can pay pay enough, then players will come and they've got Rafa, they've got a lot of fans who love you. You know, you'll be adored if you go there and you play well. When they turn up 11 minutes in. Yeah, so... (laughs) But look, it's, all of this is completely moot unless they get yeah. a takeover. I'd much rather a play for Joker here, but let's move on. Uh, Watford against Cardiff. Javi Grazia says the wins are coming. Uh, great I start so. to this season, of course. They won their opening four games, but since then um, it has fallen away a little bit. Nine points from 12 games. Though I thought on Monday, I know you didn't watch the old game day, but, but I thought they played very, very well. I was mm. so impressed with Domingos Kino in midfield. 19 player, and a few he? days. Yeah. Um, and he played. He was at Chelsea. Then he went to West Ham. He's trying to find somewhere to play, which I really admire in young players. Am I going to play? No. Well, I'll go somewhere else. In starts in midfield, and you know he's 19, so I made a few sort of errors, but it took so much responsibility carrying the team forward. And he's the only man they left back for Watford corners, and Everton clear it. Three players on him. He's controlling it. He turns forward. He finds a pass. You know, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't wet himself or anything. Oh, he's fantastic. And so he's going to be sold. Uh, probably quickly, yeah. but it'd be worth some money. That's the idea. You know, that's the idea. We, we bought him it? for a million. But I thought. But I thought they were very good. You 50 know, fifty times that. There's um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I thought they were very, very good Watford, and they were unlucky. And I think that if you've got a team you want to play. Um, coming to your ground when you've kind of you've not been winning the games you should have it's probably Cardiff isn't it let's face it you know you, you've seen Cardiff against West Ham a few weeks ago could have got something didn't don't really create that many chances missed a penalty in that game you yeah. know this, this has got to be the kind of game you want well Watford just mustn't be complacent they've got to mm. hold their nerve keep playing the way they've been playing they've been creating chances haven't been taking them nearly as much as they should do the strikers mm. haven't been in the goals the Corway scored a couple of goals in the last few matches. We've got an own goal on Monday. We've got to take the chances if and when they come against Cardiff and we should be good enough to win. They'll but, come. you know, Cardiff, from their perspective, they'll be looking at a run of form, which was three wins in the last five. They've improved. They get into grips, I think, with the Premier League now after a bit of a tough start for them. And if they do win this match away at Watford, they bridge that gap because Watford and Brighton and West Ham, they're all on 21. And then there's that little gap down to Cardiff who are on 14. So mm. you, you claw some teams back in if they win this match. 
Um, absolutely. Let's move on finally to Wolves against Bournemouth. Final game we haven't <laughs> talked about. Uh, three o'clock UK time on Saturday. I think it should be a good game. I was about to say that. We, we spoke about Fulham West Ham earlier, two teams that will try and win it. And Wolves Bournemouth, that's exactly the same thing, isn't it? They're going to try and win this game. Premier League's getting quite entertaining down the middle all of a sudden <laughs> with is, no yeah. Moyes and Allardyce and Pardew and, oh, and those types. Sh- 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 we're getting near to January and teams panic. There might be a change. Bring back Sparky. But we have to say about Bournemouth, Bournemouth are a decent side. I mean, Young Brooks yeah. is a very, very good player. A really good player who you just wonder how long he's going to be at Bournemouth for just when you watch him play. But they're a de- who want to win games of football as well. Defensively, does cost them. Does, does cost them yeah. defensively. They're not, very naive sometimes. But, you know, when you see the way they, they start fast and furious every single game. Mm. Struggle with that, Callum Wilson, though, last yeah. week, uh, who is still a doubt for this game. Sorry, fantasy Premier League managers. You might need to make a change up front. Listen, we're out of time for this week. Paul, thank you very much for coming yeah. in. Great to see you as ever. Uh, Dave, lovely shirt. Have a good time at the Christmas party. Uh, the good you, news today coming? is that... You're coming, aren't well, you? Well, yeah, I might turn up, mate, but I mean, I'll just be following you. I've been your jet stream. Normally, you're the life and soul. Well, um, you yeah. coming, Paul? Didn't get an invite, so I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they wouldn't let you in with a hoodie, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, to be That's fair, yeah, you're not, you're not put the effort in today. <laughs> um, one final line from the Premier League today, just for me. Mark Noble has signed a new contract extension at West Ham till 2021, the greatest player in Premier League history. So it leads to a chant that I once tried to make happen in a bar in Thailand, and I've been trying to make it work for 10 years. Lads, if you want to join in any point, that's up to you. <clears throat> Mark Noble! Mark Noble! Our midfield is something to be scared of. Everybody. Mark Noble. No? Okay, we'll see you next week. (laughs) The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.